Hey guys, welcome to Feed Your Faith with Courtney Kopek. That's me, I'm your host. We've got such a great show today. I am talking about letting go of fear around food and your eating and trusting God to really do miraculous things in your life, how you can get back in balance with that, how you can break free from feeling overwhelmed and completely burdened down by your obsession with what you're eating and what you're weighing. But before we get to that, I just have a few super quick announcements to make, and then we can start the show. Welcome to Feed Your Faith. I'm your host, Courtney Kopak, and I'm a Christian food and body image coach. I spent most of my life hating my body and feeling frustrated with food. Then God stepped in and showed me something so supernatural in his word, it transformed my life forever. Now I have peace around food and feel comfortable in my body. I am teaching female followers of Christ all over the world how to find this exact same food freedom through a deeper faith in Jesus. Join me in fellowship here every week as I discuss biblical scriptures directed towards how to treat and love our own bodies, as well as share personal struggles and thoughts around food and body image and the role God plays in both. I also talk with other women of faith who share their personal stories and wisdom around God's grace in putting a final end to their own food and body image drama. This episode is brought to you by my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. If you're ready for some answered prayers around your food struggles and body image issues and want to start living abundantly in the life God has waiting for you, where you are truly free from binging, food restricting, and yo-yo dieting, get my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. Go to CourtneyKopech.com slash sign up for free devotional. That's CourtneyKopech.com slash sign up for free devotional. And now let's get to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Feed Your Faith. I'm your host, Courtney Kopeck, and today's episode, I am going to be talking about struggle and where we can find God in the midst of our body body battles. (laughs) Um, Anybody who's been on a diet understands what struggling is. Anybody who's had issues with their body, anybody who worries about what they're eating, knows about struggle. Um, I know that when I was really in like the depths of my weight obsession, I struggled really hard with the scale. I got on the scale every day, sometimes more than once a day. And, um, you know, if I didn't see that number go down, my whole day was ruined. And it wasn't even just ruined, like, okay, now I'm in a bad mood. It really affected my food choices. It really affected my stress levels. It really affected my self-esteem and my questioning my purpose. 
you know, because for me, I had just gotten so engrossed in the idea that weight loss was the answer to my problems. Weight loss would bring me happiness. Weight loss would bring me a feeling of success, a feeling of worth, a feeling of value. Um, And if I didn't have that, if I wasn't seeing that play out in my life every day, then what did I have? And of course, I had so much, you know, like we all have so much more outside of dieting. (laughs) Like we weren't put on the planet to diet. God's purpose wasn't like, okay, I'm going to make you here to be someone who becomes a good dieter. Your goal is to be good at losing weight. That's what I want your life to be about. Because let's not forget, dieting is a very self-centered thing. It revolves completely around ourselves. It does very little to feed those around us. I mean, you could argue, well, when I lose the weight, then I'm in such a good mood and I'm and I'm better in bed and I'm nicer to my husband and I'm nicer to my children and I'm nicer to my coworkers and blah, blah, blah. You could argue that for sure, but you can be all those things without being on a diet. You don't need a diet to make you a generous, kind, serving woman, <laughs> you know? And when we go on diets... Life is all about the diet. Like, that's it. And I remember struggling. You know, time is funny when you're dieting. It goes by so fast. I looked back and for an entire year, I kept losing and gaining the same 10 pounds. I wouldn't eat. I'd lose weight. Then I'd start eating again. The weight would come back on. Sometimes the weight would come back on even a little bit more. Um, I had a total unrealistic expectation of how quickly I should be losing the weight because I had become addicted to the idea that if I didn't eat, I lost weight so much faster than if I did eat. So I was like, okay, I expect to lose, you know, three, maybe five pounds a week totally unrealistic. I did it, but then I would eat and it would come back on. And not only would I eat, but I also had a real problem drinking. Um, Not in the alcoholic sense. I really drank to relax at the end of the day, like I think so many of us do, especially moms. Um, But subconsciously, it was my way of getting permission to eat the foods that I wasn't giving myself permission to eat during the day because my inhibitions were lowered. So it was like, yeah, let's go for the pretzels. Let's go for the chips. So that did very little to, you know, help in my weight loss as well. And of course, you know, every morning I would wake up the next day and I'd say, today, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to follow the plan. I'm going to stick to it correctly today. I'm not going to let this be one of those days where I'm self-destructive. And at most that might last five days. And then it was right back to the usual behavior. 
So I struggled. I put everything I had into being successful at losing weight. I remember getting dressed for work and it wasn't just like, oh, you know, put your pants on and get dressed and go to work. It was, how are my pants going to fit today? Are they going to fit looser or are they going to fit tighter? And I only worked on the weekends. And so for me, it became a thing of every week I had you know, five or so days to lose weight. And I kept thinking, okay, you know, next week I'm going to come into work and I'm going to be even thinner. And then the following week I'll be even thinner than that. And people are going to be like, oh, Courtney, what are you doing? You look so good. And I'm just going to be like, oh, you know, nothing really. <laughs> you know how we play it off. Oh, I'm just, this is just happen- happening naturally. I don't know what's going on. It's just my body. But I would never lose the weight. I'd lose a few pounds and it would come right back on. I was struggling. We put, I think the saying is, what, all of our pennies in one pot? Is that a saying? I don't know. If it's not a saying, it should be. We get these hopes because... We are creatures of hope. We need hope. And when other things in our lives aren't going well, dieting is such an easy thing to grab onto because it's all about our own control, right? Tommy over there cannot make you lose weight. Um, Your children cannot make you lose weight. Your job cannot make you lose weight. But you with your mindset, you know, right? Having the perfect mindset, having the the determination, the willpower, you can make yourself lose weight. And I think that there's a huge difference between naturally losing weight and forcefully losing weight. And I've experienced both. And the forcefully losing weight is what really started happening to me later on in life. Um, And it's where I became obsessive. And what happens when we become obsessed, right? We start creating an idol, something that we worship more than God. And when we're worshiping something more than God, It takes away our ability to be givers. It takes away our ability to be lovers. It takes away our ability to be servants. Because we're so busy bowing down to this thing that we have declared our savior. And when we're not seeing the kind of You know, we're not seeing the kind of reactions that we want to see from our body. What do we do? When the weight is not coming off as fast or at all, 
Do we turn to God? Do we surrender our situations over to him? Or do we just bow down more? Do we just focus more on the weight loss idol? I need more willpower, more focus. I have to tune in more, more time at the gym, more vegetables, more protein, more whole grains. We have decided that this must be accomplished. I have always struggled with feeling successful. The only time I ever felt successful, there have been two times. Once was when I was in grade school and I won first prize two years in a row for acting out in a poetry contest and being on stage and realizing how great I felt on stage. When I wrote my first play, okay, so that's three times. When I wrote my first play, I felt successful. (sighs) And when I lost my weight in high school. And I think that's another thing that has always driven me to continue to try to stay a certain size because I know what it was like being fat. I remember that. And I don't ever want to go back to that. I don't ever want to be taken back to that place of feeling lousy, feeling worthless, feeling unseen, unknown, uncared for, set aside burdened by my blubber. And I lost my weight in high school in a really healthy way. I don't remember feeling very restricted. I certainly wasn't obsessed with it. It was something that was just sort of intertwined in my life. I didn't even go on a specific diet. I just decided to make different changes. I had reached a maturity level where I was capable of doing that. See, I don't think a seven-year-old is capable of being mature enough to understand making different choices and being in tune with their body enough to understand how that affects their body. But a 17-year-old is another story. And I discovered exercise and I realized that I really liked exercise and it was an outlet for me. It was a very harmonious experience. And I didn't weigh myself every day. And I didn't, I I didn't, I wasn't Courtney, the girl who was losing weight. It was just something that was happening, flowing very freely along with all the other stuff that was going on in my life. Keeping the weight off was the struggle because we go through ebbs and flows in life, you know, and when I was living in New York City, it was a time where I was 
partying, drinking a ton, eating out at restaurants, um, you know, I had lost some weight when I got mono. I got down to the thinnest I'd ever been. And my bulimia came out during that time because once the mono was over, my appetite returned and I didn't know how I was going to keep that weight off. You know, I knew it was going to come back on once I started eating. And so that was when my bulimia happened. That was when the turning point of a free-flowing, you know, just sort of beautiful energy, eating better and exercising, moving my body turned into obsession because I had stopped losing weight after high school. You know, our bodies get to what is called the set point weight, the point, the weight that it really likes to be at. And that does change over time. Our bodies tend to flux between 10 and 20 pounds, which is a lot, you know, like, oh, 20 pounds heavier. It's like two dress sizes, but that's the way the body works. And so I, um, what was I saying? Oh, so I stopped losing weight and, and I was fine where I was, you know, I, I, I was fine. Um, but when I lost more weight from not eating, it triggered something, you know, it was like, oh, my body is capable of going lower. I just need to not eat. Well, I can't not eat, so I'll just throw everything up. And anyone who's dealt with bulimia before knows that you don't lose weight being bulimic. In fact, you can be even heavier. Um, so that's where the struggle really started for me. And then it was just, okay, this is now my identity. Weight loss, fitness, um, how I eat, that became who I was because it was the only thing I'd ever really been successful at. I wasn't good at school. I wasn't the most popular girl. I didn't have a ton of boyfriends. I wasn't at all like into sports or anything like that. I was the girl who was able to lose weight. That's something a lot of people can't do. And I took a lot of pride in it. A lot of pride in it. And it became my identity. So when I got older and had babies and started putting on weight that I couldn't get rid of no matter what I did. I felt like I was losing my identity. I felt like what made me successful, what made me valuable and important was being taken from me. And I felt extremely out of control. And I tried all sorts of crazy things, you know, to regain who I was. 
you know, anyone who's ever gained weight, like if you were smaller in high school and then you get larger, you know, as you get older, you keep looking backwards and you're like, why do I not weigh that anymore? What was I doing then that I'm not doing now? I mean, I racked my brain trying to figure out what did I eat in 2010? (laughs) You know, what did I eat in 1998? What exercise was I doing? How did I work that out? You know, was I eating butter? I can't remember. But this is what we do. And it is especially what we do when we feel as though we don't have anything else outside of controlling our bodies. Maybe our marriage is struggling. Maybe we have financial issues. Maybe we're not happy in our job. Maybe we don't have really any friendships. Maybe we can't find a church that we feel at home at. Maybe we can't even get to church because we're working all the time. Maybe our kids are struggling in school. Maybe we're not married and we want to be married. The areas where we feel like we need to see some success are very much outside of our control but we have this belief that our bodies are under our control. Forget about the hormones. Forget about your metabolism constantly changing. Forget about maybe you've got some kind of illness that makes you not be able to lose weight. Maybe you have a thyroid issue. Um, Forget about the fact that maybe you have a partner that gets stoned at night and pigs out on a whole bunch of food and now you can't resist it or you've got kids and so there's junk food in the house and you just, you know, forget about all these, uh, you know, factors that really we don't have much control over. We still believe that we can lose this weight. And so what starts to happen? We go crazy. We go crazy. Like, this is my number one goal. This is what I am doing in my life. I am losing weight. I'm going to get that body back. Or I'm going to have that body for the first time. Growing up fat for me, I realized when I started putting weight back on uncontrollably, I've mentioned to you guys before that I had to take this medicine that made me gain some weight. And the stress from that then made me drink beer, which is, you know, definitely not a good idea when you're trying to lose weight. (laughs) So I gained even more weight. Um, The feeling that I recognized about why I was so uncomfortable with it was that Because when I was a fat kid, I was told that I was never going to be successful. I was alienated. I was pushed out. I was discriminated against. I was told that I was a failure. I could have gotten straight A's. I could have been an amazing dancer. 
you know, I could have been a Taekwondo master, whatever. It didn't matter because I was fat. Right? Like, that's what happens in our society. Nobody cares how good you are at something if you're fat. So when that weight came back on, so did the feelings of unsuccess. So did the feelings of failure. In my mind, I was telling myself, you are a failure. And if this weight keeps going on, if you keep gaining, your life is going down the tubes. If you can't lose this weight, if this is the weight you're stuck at, if this is how you're going to look in a bathing suit for the rest of your life, you might as well throw your life away. You lost it. You got nothing. That's how much my identity was wrapped up in what I physically looked like. And the pressure that I put on myself. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. I had forgotten how to eat. Now, I went to school for nutrition. And I had forgotten how to eat. I've studied intuitive eating. And I forgot how to listen to my body. Because the only words I was listening to was, did you lose weight today? What are you doing to lose weight today? What are you doing to get thinner today? What are you doing to look better today? What are you doing to be the better version of yourself? Because this is the lie that I had told myself. And this is a lie that we all tell ourselves. That the thinner version is the better version. If we can just get there. Boy, oh boy. Then we can start living life. Forget about what's going on now. Everything is on pause until I can get this body problem figured out, until I can get control of my eating figured out. I need to get it figured out. I need to get it correct, right, perfect. And we use diets to help guide us with that. I'm going to measure this out, weigh that out. Put my calories in. What are my macros today? How am I going to get the protein I need? Have I had enough fiber? Figure it out. We're constantly trying to figure out the problem of the weight. The issue around the eating. Just making dinner for the family can be stressful. Everyone wants spaghetti. Well, I'm not going to eat spaghetti. I'm not eating those carbs. Are you crazy? It'll set me two days back. I'll have zoodles. I'll make zucchini noodles. Anybody who tells me that zucchini noodles 
tastes just as good as a giant bowl of warm spaghetti is a liar. I believe that zoodles were created for vegans. And I believe that they are one of the biggest, like, proponents of the health industry. Like, zoodles were not created because they're delicious. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're just not. They're just not. It's like, how many different ways can we figure out to get our vegetables in? Let's make something that's like spaghetti, but it's not at all like spaghetti. But that's what I would eat. I would eat zoodles. And my kids are sitting at the table and I'm wondering, now I have all boys and I thank God for that because I don't know how I would handle trying to give a daughter a good body positive image, you know, when I was like such a mess myself. But I had to wonder sitting at the table looking around, are my kids looking at me like, why is she eating that? How come she's not having spaghetti with us? A lot of times I would try to keep myself busy at dinner time. Who needs milk? Who needs more garlic bread? Who needs a napkin? Who needs this? Because I didn't want to have to actually sit down and have them see me eat the food. Or I didn't even want to eat the food. And I needed a way to make it look like I just wasn't eating because I was so busy. So we become masters of manipulating our food and our bodies. We become creative. How could I secretly eat this candy bar? I remember buying candy bars at CVS with my eldest Sadek on a stressful day and I would get a big paper bag with all the stuff I bought from CVS. I would dump everything out on the front seat and I would chew and then spit the candy bar out into the bag as I was driving. Hoping that he didn't see what I was doing. I used to chew and spit stuff all the time. I thought I had created like the most genius way of all to lose weight. I can have a granola bar. I can still eat that stuff. Just chew it and spit it out. How twisted is that though? How sick is that? How much fear is wrapped up in that? And that is what struggle comes from is fear. Fear that we're not going to be successful. Fear that we're never going to experience peace. Fear that we don't have control over our lives. Fear that we're not going to fit in. Fear that we'll never be happy. And we take all those fears 
and we drown ourselves in them. And we try to flip them by telling ourselves that weight loss, that eating perfectly will fix all of that. And when we don't see it happening smoothly, when we are struggling to accomplish the goals that we've set out for ourselves, when we're going back, going backwards and actually gaining weight, still binging, still eating in secret, still having sugar, still drinking at night, whatever it is. We start to lose a connection with our center. And who's our center? Jesus. Jesus is our center. Jesus is our core. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit feeds us nothing but positivity. All day long, we're getting fed positivity from Christ, strength from Christ, wisdom from Christ. It's whether or not we choose to receive it. It's whether or not we choose to tune in. And when we're making our bodies an idol, we can't also be hearing from the Lord. When we're so busy doing our own thing, we can't tune in to the Spirit. And we have become such great masters of manipulation that, you know, like, I think it's so, I don't want to say I think it's funny. It's very sad. It's very disturbing. But I get it. You know, there's all these Facebook groups out there like Catholic weight loss group or, you know, women's weight loss group, you know, through through um, Christianity. And these groups have thousands of women and 2,000 women, 5,000 women. And they're praying for each other to lose weight, you know. They're praying that Jesus would help them control their eating, help them make, you know, choices that are better for them. But it's all in regards to losing weight. It has nothing to do with nourishing themselves because that is an important factor, right? We need strength. We need vitamins, minerals, proper nourishment in order to have energy to do God's work every day. There's that kind of prayer for your eating. And then there's the prayer for your eating with the alternative motive of, I need to lose weight. The weight loss will come if you're nourishing yourself properly and your body needs to lose the weight. It will come. But if you're all over the map with your food, you're binging, you're purging, you're not eating, you are eating, your metabolism is like, ah, 
Your body doesn't know what's going on. And then you're stressed on top of it. Your body's going to hold on to that. And you have these people who think that they're putting Jesus at the center, right? Because they're praying. They're taking scripture from the Bible and they're putting it towards prayers for getting thinner. I need to lose weight. I need to get with the masses. I need to get on the world's plan here. They have fooled themselves into believing that Jesus is the core of this. But anything we're doing that isn't something to help improve the kingdom of God is not something that has Jesus at the core. Jesus is not at the center. Now, you can have self-improvement and have Jesus be your center, but the self-improvement has to come with the point that it's going to increase the kingdom of Jesus. It's going to help flourish that. It's going to help grow that, right? And when you're obsessed with dieting and weight loss and food, that does not improve the kingdom. (laughs) All that is is being so inward, like you can't even get out of your head. You know, you're just dizzy from it all. You feel this huge weight on you. You can't be happy. You're miserable. It can literally get that bad. Now, not everybody out there listening to this podcast is in that place. But I know that I've been there. And it is a painful, painful, painful place to be. To work so hard and not see fruit. You have to wonder, what is Jesus doing? There's a scripture in Psalm 14. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Who's the enemy? Satan. Satan is the enemy. Because everything that you're experiencing is brought on by Satan. God's not doing this to you. He may be allowing it to happen, of course. To have you experience self-growth, to have your faith increased, to bring you closer back to your center, which is Jesus. Right? Everything is for God's purpose and plan. But Satan is the one that is tormenting you. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? 
Do you ever just get out of bed and think like, oh God, I got to go to the gym today. I have to go through another day of this. Another day of trying to lose weight. What's the scale going to say today? What body measurements am I going to have today? How many rolls are going to be popping through my leggings at the gym today? What 20-year-olds am I going to walk by with tight little booties and half shirts on? They're going to make me feel miserable about myself today. And am I going to have another salad from D'Angelo's when I really want to get that burger from Burger King? Like what kind of way to wake up is that? It's miserable. You know, I've stood in front of my fridge countless times because I eat in front of my fridge a lot. I feel like if I sit down with a meal, I'll be taking in more calories. Like I can't put meaning to the food. I can't put emotional attachment to the food. I can't celebrate the food. The food is simply there to make me lose weight. This is how it was for me. I was seeing a nutritionist because don't forget, even though I had studied nutrition, I didn't remember how to eat anymore. And in my journey to start getting better, because I'm like, I can't keep doing this, can't keep losing the same 10 pounds for another year and gaining it back again. I went to see a nutritionist and um, she asked me this question. She was like, do you even enjoy eating? And I just started bawling. Because I didn't. I don't know when I lost the ability to enjoy eating. I certainly didn't enjoy cooking for my family anymore. I had no interest in working with food. None. I just wanted to have what I was supposed to have to lose weight and then be done with it. I always stood up at a counter and ate or it was in front of the fridge. Never liked to sit down because I was afraid of what kind of feelings were going to come to me if I was sitting down eating a meal. Sometimes we would have family dinner together and I would get like a salad from Chipotle and this is what would go through my mind. Oh gee, this is so nice. I'm sitting with my family. I love my family. We're all eating together. I wonder how much oil is on those vegetables that's on this salad right now. That guacamole is so delicious. I would get the guacamole on the side, of course. I really want to eat the whole thing of guacamole, but I'm, I can't. I'm only going to have half. Even that is too much because I think half is around like 75 calories. How many calories do I have left for today? Maybe I shouldn't have gotten the sour cream on the salad. I definitely shouldn't have done the cheese. Next time I'm not going to do any cheese. And then my kids would finish their tacos 
and there'd be a whole bunch left over. And I would eat that. And I would tell myself as I'm eating barbacoa out of a burrito, wouldn't eat the burrito part, wouldn't eat the rice part, just dig through for the barbacoa. Oh, it's just protein, more protein. I need more protein. Does that sound like a normal meal? The entire time I was sitting down eating, I was just deconstructing what was on my plate and how it was going to affect my weight loss. I wasn't like, wow, this is such a good salad. I love these peppers on here. Mmm, guacamole. Yes, totally going to finish that whole thing. It's delicious. I could eat guacamole every day. Boy, this cheese really blends in well with the chicken and the lettuce flavors. That was not what I was doing. You know, it's like, it's kind of how I feel about lean cuisine. Don't tell me lean cuisine is good. It's not delicious. It's disgusting. (gasps) You know, I mean, I understand when you're in a pinch or you take it to work or whatever, right? Like it has its place. Of course it has its place. And, And there are some things that people really like, like the macaroni and cheese or whatever. But in general, sitting down with your cardboard microwaved plate of lean cuisine, you're not eating that like, dang, this is delicious. You're eating it because you're like, okay, this is this many points. This is this many calories. This is what a portion looks like. I don't know what a portion looks like anymore. Lean cuisine, can you please tell me what a portion looks like? Oh, there's my portion. Still starving after I ate it. Right? Then you hold off for a few hours, white knuckling it until you're into the bag of Oreos. Or maybe you're having just an apple with nut butter, but you're pissed at yourself. A, because you're eating when you don't think you're supposed to be eating, especially if it's before bed, right? No eating before bed. B, because you're having fruit, which maybe you're on a low-carb diet, or you just have decided that fruit is like the devil, and you're having a nut butter with it when you've already had two tablespoons worth of your nut butter for the day. This is extra fat going into my body. That is wrestling with your thoughts. That is every day having sorrow in your head. That is not at all connecting with your center. That is a desperation that you're feeling to have control over your life. And it's only manifested itself into your body. That's all that's going on here. It's not really about your weight. Because if being 300 pounds was popular, we'd all be trying to be 300 pounds. There are cultures out there where heavy women are the bomb. They literally send their daughters to fat camp to gain weight because that is what is seen as beautiful. This is a cultural issue. This is a feminist issue. 
This is a way to control women, to keep us so busy with our bodies that we don't have time to be successful in other areas. The areas where God has blessed us with talents that are supposed to be used. This is men trying to control us. This is men pitting women against each other in competition. Keeping us crazy so that we can't have time to be successful at other things. It may not seem like it. It's like, that's kind of crazy. I don't know if it's that. But it is. And I don't think men are aware of it. It's just what's happened. It's just the way it is. Your body size does not really matter. But you've decided that it does because you're told that it needs to matter. You're told that you can control it. Come on. You can't lose weight. Look at all these celebrities. They're losing weight. Yeah, well, they have personal chefs. They have people making sure that they get up in the morning to work out. I was just reading in a magazine. I can't remember which one it was. I really try hard not to read like those Us magazines and the Star magazines because they're just full of nothing that makes me feel good about myself. Clothes I can't afford people who have jobs I can't relate to, you know. But every once in a while, standing in the grocery line, I kind of enjoy to skip through and see what's going on in people's lives that I don't even know. And I came across J-Lo's diet. Now, Jennifer Lopez has been all over um, my news feed lately because she's taking tons of pictures of herself in a bikini. And I even saw one picture that like on, on the magazine above it, it said, you know, Jennifer Lopez's perfect body. Now, first of all, I'm thinking, who decided she had the perfect body? Who was the judge for that? Oh, so now I'm supposed to want her body. She has, that's the perfect body. That's the one I have to go for now. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm not Latin. There's no way I'm getting those hips. There's no way I'm getting that butt. I'll try. I'll try. Maybe I'll go to a plastic surgeon and get butt implants because people do it. But you know, like, what do you mean she has the perfect body? She has a body. It looks away. She dances her ass off all the time. She has to be extremely fit. She's an athlete. I am not an athlete. I don't have eight hours a day to dance around in a studio. But anyways, this magazine had her diet in it, J-Lo's diet. Now, I hate when they do this. First of all, we don't know if this is even true. We don't know if these people are following this. I could tell you what my diet is, but you don't know whether or not I'm like binging on Honey Nut Cheerios in bed at midnight 
right? So it's all clean food, you know, boring. This is the first thing that comes to my mind. Wow. Fun for her. She eats nothing but clean food. And then I see on the bottom corner, this is her trainer that's like telling you what her diet is. Says, well, she eats lots of vegetables. Oh, except for carrots because those have sugar. And I thought, oh my God, this woman cannot even eat carrots. I mean, are we really going to be that strict with our eating that we can't even have carrots? It's a vegetable. It comes from the earth. It was invented by God. It's delicious in hummus or glazed with some butter and sugar. But like, even if you're not doing that, just a few carrot sticks. I remember when it was all about celery and carrot sticks. Oh, well, she lives off Diet Coke, celery and carrot sticks. Well, that's out now, I guess. We can't eat carrots anymore. I mean, when does it stop? When does it stop? The thing is, I don't think it does stop. We have to stop. We can't wait for the world to get on board with our bodies. We can't wait for the world to get on board with our curves, our cellulite, our flabby arms. We're so desperately trying to change these things about ourselves. And nobody's one body is like better than somebody else's for all all of us. You know, like some of us want to look like Giselle. Some of us think Giselle's too skinny. Some of us want to look like J-Lo. Some of us think J-Lo's got too big of a butt. Some of us want to look like the Kardashians. You know, we all have different goals in mind and ideas of what we think our bodies are supposed to look like. For me, I think the hardest part was that I wasn't comparing my body to somebody else's. I know I'm never going to look like a supermodel. I'm German. I have giant bones. I know what my mother looked like when she was younger. You know, like that is never going to happen. I was comparing myself to a younger self. I was comparing myself to another time, another season in my life where I was super fit. And without having to restrict my food, I somehow ended up losing weight. Do not mind my children outside my door right now. They're all having fits. The husband's home. He's dealing with it. So anywho, and I think that's the worst. I don't know. For me, it was really hard because it was like, I've been there. I've been that thin. I've been that fit. I did it still eating carbohydrates. If I could get there before, by golly, I can get there again, you know, and then you don't get there. And days go by and months go by and years go by and you are not getting there. And you have tried everything. You've restricted, you've cut out carbs, you've done 
you know, ridiculous amounts of protein. I mean, I remember doing what's called like doubles at the gym where I would do all this cardio and then I would lift weights. And I was doing that like five, six days a week. And I felt great physically for the amount of fitness that I was doing. And I loved the fitness part. But I wasn't seeing these like immaculate changes in my body. And I would just go back and forth every day, every week. Today I'm not eating. Today I'm only eating this amount of carbs. Tomorrow I'm not going to have any carbs. I'm only drinking light beer this week. I'm all, now I'm just going to do spirits with no mixers. I'm going to have wine. Maybe if I drink the wine, that'll help. Maybe the beer was a bad idea. Maybe the spirits was a bad idea. Maybe I'm eating too many carrots. I have literally brought myself to the point of a nervous breakdown over trying to lose weight. And when I say that out loud, it sounds so ridiculous. Like what I weigh should not be so stressful to me that it absorbs all of my energy, that it takes up 99.9% of my thoughts in the day. Even when I don't think I'm thinking about my weight and food, I'm thinking about my weight and food. This is how it was. I felt a failure. I felt such a disconnect from who I was. I had lost all self-esteem because don't forget, I put everything into what my body looked like, what I weighed on the scale. I had clothes hanging in my closet that did not fit me anymore. Beautiful clothes. And that evil voice of Satan in the back of my mind just being like, you got to hurry up and get back in those clothes. Life was good when you were in those clothes. Do you remember how you fit into those pants? Remember how cute you looked in that skirt? Your life is nothing until you get back there again. That's when life was good, when you wore those clothes. And truth be told, life was no different when I was wearing those clothes. I was still thinking I needed to lose weight even in those clothes. But they sure looked good to me now because they were at least smaller than where I was at. You know, have you ever looked at a picture of yourself and thought, oh, I look so fat in that picture. And then you gain 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds. And you look at that same picture again and you're like, what was I thinking? I wasn't fat. I would do anything to be back at that weight. This is the twisted lens that we look at our bodies through. We're never satisfied where we're at. We always think we have to get smaller. Always. Because the truth is, 
that the weight loss does not bring what we hope it's going to bring. It doesn't bring what the diet industry tells us it's going to bring. There are definitely benefits to losing weight. I'm not going to say they're not. But how much do those benefits outweigh the stress, the overwhelm, the anguish that we put on ourselves in order to control our bodies, in order to control our food? You know, I love this psalm where David's like, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? That's what it feels like. It's wrestling. And if only we could burn more calories wrestling our thoughts. Boy, would I be fit. (sighs) You go to bed at night thinking about your body. You wake up in the morning thinking about your body. Butters, no. Oh, my dog. How long will my enemy triumph over me? We know that we're losing a battle against Satan. We are totally giving ourselves over to him. And we are becoming our own enemies because we are not showing ourselves respect. We are not showing ourselves love. We are not showing ourselves honor. It's like we have a whip that we take to our backs. You shall not be respected until you get yourself into a certain shape, until you get control of your food, until you stop binging like a pig, like a cow, until you stop being fat, until your butt gets smaller. You don't deserve peace and a good life and respect. You're pathetic because you can't get a handle on something as simple as just making healthy choices and moving your body. It's gone so much farther than healthy choices though, hasn't it? Because to me, healthy choices does not have weight loss attached to it. That's a diet choice. That's a desperate choice. Weight loss, dieting, desperation. Healthy food choice, body love, honoring God. There is a difference. Psalm 14, verse 4. And who do not call on the Lord? There they are, overwhelmed with dread. 
so first you've got David talking about how long. First you've got David talking about, you know, he's upset. He's like, how long is this going to go on, God, before you save me from this? Before you fix this problem? Before you take away my challenges, how much longer is this going to go on? And then you go down a little bit further, and in the next psalm, he says, And who do not call on the Lord? There they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. He was overwhelmed. When we're wrestling with our thoughts, when we're struggling with something, when we just can't seem to break free from the stronghold, from the bondage, when we have no more control over our choices, we are in a, I don't even want to say roller coaster. It's just like spinning a wheel like a hamster. You know what you want to do. You know what you want to achieve. You want peace with your body. You want peace with food. You want to be well with your soul, right? But you keep doing the same thing every day. It doesn't matter what you want. The choices have become automatic. The negative thoughts, automatic. It's like you're no longer driving the bus anymore, you know? And who do not call on the Lord? There they are, overwhelmed with dread. Well, I sure as heck have been there, overwhelmed with dread. What's the dread? The dread that I'm not going to lose weight. The bigger dread that I'm going to keep getting bigger. When my nutritionist put me on a plan, I gained Wait, I was getting ready to go on vacation to visit a girlfriend of mine. I had 21 days before I was going to see her. And in my crazy mind, I'm like, I'm going to lose 21 pounds in 21 days. I was Googling this. I'm like, how do you lose 21 pounds in 21 days? I can do it. I have the willpower. I don't care if I gain it all back when I come home. I need to lose this. But at the same time, I wanted to follow the nutritionist's plan, right? See, there we are, one foot in one world and one foot in the other. We know what we should be doing, but there's that controlling part of us that doesn't quite trust a new plan. Even though the old plan hasn't worked for a year, Two years, three years, whatever. A new plan? I don't know. I don't know if I can go there with a new plan. So I gained weight. Should I have stepped on the scale while I was doing her new plan? Probably not. But see, my pants started fitting tighter. And that was what set me off. And that is when the dread came in. 
when the goal is to lose weight and you actually gain weight, it is scary as heck. Then you really feel out of control of your body. I was working out a lot, but I was also drinking and binge eating certain nights. And then the next day, trying to make up for it. I was still taking in more calories than what I had been taking in over the course of the year. I mean, we're talking, I would go five days without eating. I wasn't eating carbs. Now I'm eating carbs. They were complex carbs, healthy carbs, good carbs, right? People say that you gain water weight when you lift weights or when you do a really big routine, big new exercise routine that's pretty hardcore and you haven't done something like that in a long time, your body stores a lot of water because it's fixing the broken muscle. It's replenishing things. Same thing with carbs. The reason you gain weight when you start eating carbs again is because it's all water weight. Your body is storing water. There's nothing wrong with that. It's rehydrating yourself. It's the same reason why people love going on a low-carb diet, because they lose a ton of weight in the beginning. But it's not real weight. It's just water weight. Now, I was in the mindset of, I'll take whatever weight I can. I don't care if it's water weight. I don't care if it's air leaving my body as long as I feel skinnier. Well, same for when I was gaining weight. I don't care if it's water weight I'm gaining. It's weight. My pants aren't buttoning. And I had a choice to make. And the scale just kept going up. And I went out and I bought all these low-carb products. Back to low-carb. Can't have carbs, I told myself. This nutritionist, she knows nothing. I got to go back on low-carb. I bought Atkins shakes. I bought all these expensive chips off of Amazon that supposedly had no carbs and tons of protein. And I started feeling good again. Not because I was losing weight, but because I had started a new diet. The old diet wasn't working. This was a different diet. Now, it was a diet I'd done before, so it wasn't too scary. I should say this. I have never, ever, ever lost weight on a keto diet. For those of you that don't know what keto is, it's eating 20 grams or less of carbohydrates. Very, 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 very low amount of carbohydrates. I maybe have lost a few pounds, but I've never lost a chunk of weight doing that. I never even really lost weight doing Weight Watchers. The only time I've ever actually lost weight was when I was doing my own kind of thing. I know my body very well. But it's just ridiculous that I was feeling like, oh, I'm going to do this keto thing. Now I'll see the weight come off. When I'd never even really lost weight on it before. The first day I decided to do the keto thing again, forget the nutritionist now, I'm back on to keto. I drank a bunch of low-carb beer, which was fine. But then I ate two bags of the low-carb potato chips. Now the carbs are adding up. And then I decided to have a banana. I couldn't even make it a day. How was I possibly going to make a lifestyle out of that? 
we get to a breaking point. God is banging on that door. Banging on that door. Open up the door and let me in. For who do not call on the Lord? There they are, overwhelmed with dread. And I love this part. For God is present in the company of the righteous. He's saying, I'm still there with you. I'm not leaving you. You're the one doing this to yourself. So how long do I have to struggle with my thoughts? How long do I have to struggle with feeling like such a loser? Because I can't get my body to do what I want it to do. Because I can't get a handle on my eating. How much longer do I have to be overwhelmed having panic attacks? Literally, I was having panic attacks. I couldn't even go into work because I worked with all these 20-year-olds. And they were all super skinny. And I had promised myself that I was going to lose a ton of weight. So I would go, you know, when I started working there, I'm like, just wait. These people are going to see me getting skinnier and skinnier. So I put all this pressure on myself. And then when it wasn't working out, I wasn't even losing weight. I was gaining weight, gone up a pant size. Now that doesn't even button. I freaked out. It was like, I can't go back there. I can't be around those skinny people looking like this, failing at the one thing I felt I was always good at, which was weight loss in my 20s before children. We do it to ourselves. And God says, stop it. I am present. I am here. Let it go. Surrender it. The best diet you could ever go on is the God diet. which is simply tuning into him every single day, praying over every meal, asking yourself, am I hungry? Am I full? Am I eating because I'm tired? Am I eating because I'm emotional? Being okay with being super hungry after you've worked out really hard and not sitting there trying to restrict what you're eating. I hear people all the time, Clients say to me, I like exercise, but I'm always so hungry, so I just don't do it. Your body wants to be replenished because it's put out a ton of energy. That's the biological way that it works. It's not set up like that. It's not designed like that to harm you. That's how it should be functioning. Energy out, energy in. God 
wants us to have peace. He says, I give you my peace. We have the peace. It's there, girls. It is there. It's not something we're chasing after through diet and exercise. I thought about it, you know, that time when I was talking to my nutritionist. I thought about what will it be like? Let's say I lose this weight and I get to where I want to be. Am I going to be any less controlling over my food? Am I going to be any less paranoid over calories? Am I going to be relaxed? Am I going to be chill? Am I finally going to be able to sit down and eat a meal and not be thinking about how it's affecting my waistline? Or if I have room in my caloric budget for the day for it. No. No. I will not get there like that. A healthy body has got to be the number one goal, not weight loss. And the way you get that is by hanging on to God for every little thing. Trusting God for every little thing. Asking him for strength. Asking him for help. Asking him for guidance. He's not going to give you the power to restrict your food. He doesn't want you to not be eating. He certainly doesn't want you believing that all the things that Jesus Christ has given us because we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior can be found in a different body, a better body. Your eyes are not on Jesus. They are on the world. You're never gonna get what you're looking for when you're chasing after an idol. And I know it's scary. I know it's scary to let go. We don't even know how to bring God back into the picture sometimes, you know? But it just starts with a small conversation. Help me. Help me, God. Help me. Be more Christ-like. Help me be who you want me to be. And wait for that patiently. It's not going to happen overnight. Dieting has taught us that we can do things in 21 days, 30 days, two weeks. 
We see results. God doesn't work like that. God doesn't need to prove to you that he's working in your life by giving you a weekly weigh-in of the results. He doesn't have to give you a checklist of what he's accomplished in your life so that you can feel good. He's not going to give you a gold star on your little booklet of, you know, what you've been weighing for the past week, two weeks, a month, whatever. I used to, I remember those Weight Watchers booklets. You'd get a star if you lost weight. It's like, woo! What are we in kindergarten here? Give me a drink. (laughs) But he doesn't have to prove himself to you because he just says, I am who I am and it's your job to wait patiently. But here's the good thing. The good thing is we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. According to his purpose. You got to figure out what that purpose is, girl. Because what you're chasing right now is not it. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. You are already justified. You are already glorified. You don't need a six-pack to prove that to anybody. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Imagine if Jesus had an eating disorder. And some of you may not think you have an eating disorder. I'm here to tell you, if you are constantly on a diet, or when you're not on a diet, you're pigging out, you're a disordered eating eater. You have an eating disorder. You can't eat normally. You can't function normally. You're not relaxed with food. Food controls you. If Jesus had an eating disorder, I should write a book called If Jesus Had an Eating Disorder. But he doesn't. Because who was Jesus? The likeness of his son. Think about that. Meditate on that. What does that mean? The likeness of his son. We are to be turned into the likeness of his son. What did God say about Jesus? This is my son who I love. Jesus was a servant. Jesus was a lover. Jesus was a friend. Jesus was a helper, a teacher. A light. The truth. 
the truth. And we are called and predestined. It's already in our destiny to be those things. And whatever God says is supposed to happen will happen. And that's why you feel so broken right now. That's why you feel so lonely, so overwhelmed. That's why you're wrestling with your thoughts. Because your core, your center, your soul, that spirit, that Holy Spirit inside of you is speaking to you. And you hear it. And you know what it's calling you to do. And you keep turning away from it. You keep refusing to truly hear it. Because what it means to truly hear that spirit inside of us is to surrender ourselves. I must become least. He must become first or greatest. I don't have the Bible right in front of me. I can't quote it perfectly. Who wants to become least? The thing is, though, is that we feel least right now. There's a difference between least in the world and least in the spiritual realm. He who is last becomes first. That's not how it works on earth. He who is last sucks, right? If you turn your mind to the spiritual realm, if you tune back into who you are at your core, who Jesus says you are, get back to those promises. Remember who created you, predestined you for greatness. You will lose your desire to control your life through your food and your body. It will fall away. But I guarantee you, the tighter you hold on, the more you insist on being in charge, the deeper you believe that if you can't get this right, if you let go of this goal, this desire, this dream, this need, everything's going to fall apart. It will drive you crazy if it hasn't already. What are you here for? What is it? We're all here for the same thing. It's just we do it in different ways. God gives us different talents, different stories. We're all here to love. We're all here to create fruit. 
when you are chasing weight loss, you're not creating any fruit. You're a barren, ugly tree. It's possible to get healthy. It's possible to get healthy and have weight loss be, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just going to say action of that. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Weight loss happens because you get healthy. But healthy is not eating perfectly. Healthy is not getting to the gym five days a week. Healthy is being relaxed around your food. Healthy is being accepting of your body. Healthy is knowing yourself so well in Jesus Christ that you see nothing but love and light when you look at yourself in the mirror. Can you imagine what that must feel like? Now, some of you have lost weight before and been like, but I felt so good when I lost the weight. I just want to feel that good again. That was pride. That was pride. That wasn't truth. People glorify weight loss because it's hard to do. I'm not good at many things. I was great at losing weight up until a certain point. And then what happened? I fell apart. I had so much pride in the fact that I was easily someone who could lose weight. I was great at sticking to a food plan. I was great at exercise. I loved exercise. But I didn't have a healthy mindset because I was not at all connected to Jesus. My weight loss was about pride and ego. It was about, hey, look and see what I can do. If it were about God being at the center, then when my body changed, it wouldn't have affected me. I would have still felt the same love for myself at size A than I did at size B. But my ego was so wrapped up in everything. That is not what we're predestined for. There comes peace. After the surrender. And it's not just one day waking up and saying, okay, today's the day, Lord. I surrender. It's all day long. It's every time you look at yourself in the mirror and think how fat you look. 
pushing away those thoughts and being strong enough to be able to repeat something that you know is true and not a lie of Satan. I am loved by God. Look at you. You can't even fit into those pants anymore. You're just getting fatter. God doesn't love you anymore. Your life is over. God works all things together for the good of those he loves. You're the fattest girl in this room. Look how big your arms look. You can't wear a tank top. Jesus came so that I may have peace. His peace. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to fight. You can't just sit back and wait for God to wave a magic wand. That's not going to happen. That's not where the growth comes. You want to feel good about accomplishing something? You want to feel good about winning a battle? You want to feel good about taking something that's been extremely challenging for you and turning it in to something that you really have mastered? Practice self-love. Practice nourishing yourself in a relaxing way where weight loss is not your goal. Practice including God every day, all day long in everything that you do. That is like the greatest achievement. For a woman to be confident and comfortable in her body, regardless of the size. There should be a special place in heaven for those who are able to accomplish that. Make that your new goal. God has a destiny for you. And that destiny is always to connect you closer to him. If you're not feeling close to God because you're so overwhelmed and distraught with trying to fix your food and fix your body, you're not living out God's destiny for you. And you need to get back on board. I recommend getting journals off Amazon. I bought a coloring book before that really helped me when I was, you know, nervous. Oh, nighttime's coming. I always like to eat at night or, you know, not because I was restricting my food. It was okay. It was fine if I wanted to eat at night, but I'd be nervous. You know, in the beginning, I was nervous that I would start drinking because I drank to relax myself so that I could eat food. I'd be nervous that I'd want to have a drink, you know, because what I really wanted was a giant bowl of goldfish. So I bought um, a Christian coloring book and some really pretty gel pens. And I started coloring at night. You have skills. Butters, quiet. You have skills outside of dieting. You have a life outside of that. 
pray and ask God to remind you again what those things are. are. Do you like to scrapbook? Start scrapbooking. It's expensive. Pray for more money to come into your life. Be expectant for God to do great things for you. And don't moan and groan over the fact that, oh, I have to give up the idea that I'm going to lose weight, even though it's destroying you. God doesn't want you to come and surrender to him with your head turned back to the weight loss plan and your eyes all droopy. I'm going to miss you, weight loss plan. Okay, God, here I come, shuffling your feet. That's not going to do you any good. You got to get back to you. Who are you? Who are you today in the body that you have? How are you magnificent today? How can you be a loving light today? How can you get your mind off of your idealistic self and serve God today? How can you do something good for yourself today outside of, oh, I chose a salad at lunch and I did Thai bow. Sometimes putting on music from when we were kids is really helpful. Music is awesome. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling exhausted. You're feeling fat, whatever. Listen to your favorite song from when you were a kid. Put it on. Your mood will change. Mine was Tiffany's. I think we're alone now. Love that song. And anything by Huey Lewis in the news. Ask God to enlighten you. To bring big things into your life. Because you're not going to be left with a hole if you don't have dieting as your goal. You know, we've been struggling for so long, some of us, that we don't even know who we are without the struggle. It's like, oh, if I'm not freaking out about this. Well, who am I? What am I doing? I'm going to be bored. I need to find something to control. Control your prayer life. I know. It's like, oh, I know. I should do that more. But challenge yourself. Find new fun ways to get in touch with Jesus. Take a walk outside. Find a new place to go for a hike. Get some Christian journals. There's so many out there. I just got one on relaxing, you know, which I sure as heck could use. Learning how to relax. And it's a, it's a daily devotional. Plant a flower. Mommy, I have something for you. All right, I'll be right there. Bye -bye. All right, my children are begging me to uh, end this, and I think time is just about up. I, I feel like I could go on and on and on today. But let's just end in some prayer. Zadok, be quiet for five seconds. Lord, 
do something big in our lives. We are being expectant of you to show up in a big way if we come to you, if we surrender ourselves, if we ask for this help. Remove the blinders. Fill us with an overwhelming sense of love and security and worth. And give us ways to practice that self-worth every single day. Help us, Lord, to know that we are loved by you and that no amount of buff arms and tight butts and D'Angelo salads are going to replace the peace and the joy that you have for us, that we're meant to be living our lives through. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining me. Remember, if you're not already a member of my Facebook group, Christian Women's Food Freedom Through Faith, go to facebook.com slash group slash Courtney Kopeck and get the benefit of daily support from me as well as community with other like-minded women. And if you want to get to the other side of dieting where you can feel relaxed around food and beautiful in your body and grow your faith with God at the same time, head over to my website, CourtneyKopeck.com and sign up for my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. And as always, remember, your weight is not your worth. I feel the changes. I feel the changes.